This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Hi, it's Claire Kimball here, the founder of The Squiz. This week marks six years of putting out The Squiz Today podcast, and I just wanted to say a huge thank you for listening. If you love what we do, and we hope you do, please tell your friends about us. It's all the birthday present we could ever need. Good morning, I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 31st of October. In your Squiz Today... A deadly crush in Seoul, fears over election violence in America, remembering Cassius Turvey, and some big spending for Halloween. This is your Squiz Today. Claire, the numbers are moving around, but reports say at least 150 people, including at least one Australian, have died, and more than 80 were injured in a crush at a Halloween celebration in South Korea's capital of Seoul on Saturday night. Most of the victims were teenagers or young people aged in their 20s. It's thought at least 100,000 people were out in costumes, going to pubs and clubs before the disaster occurred, which is one of the deadliest in South Korea in the last 50 years. Those who were there say that there were a lot of people in the small streets and alleyways of that part of Seoul. Uh, It's known to be a bit of a party spot. Uh, From the video footage uh, and what officials have said is that people continued to pour into one particular alley. Those at the top fell, uh, sending people tumbling over others. Uh, And even though 1,700 emergency responders went to the scene, it was very difficult for them to get to those who were injured and dying. And of course, there's a big investigation underway now with a lot of questions to be answered. South Korean President Yoon Suk-yul visited the scene yesterday and declared a period of national mourning that is running from now until Saturday. Flags are flying at half-mast and non-urgent events have been postponed. Yoon has also promised that the government will assist with funeral arrangements uh, and to make treatment of the injured and counselling for those who were there a top priority. South Korean Prime Minister Han duk Su uh, offered words of reassurance, saying that the country has a history of overcoming disasters and he's asked the nation to be united in their support. Yes, and there was a lot of support from international leaders as well. US President Joe Biden said, we grieve with the people of the Republic of Korea, and our PM, Anthony Albanese, has also offered Australia's condolences. Claire, the violent attack on Paul Pelosi, who's the husband of senior American politician Nancy Pelosi, has really shaken the political establishment in the US. He was at home in San Francisco when a man broke in on Friday morning and he remains in hospital recovering from surgery to repair a skull fracture and serious arm and hand injuries. So just to remind you who Nancy Pelosi is, she's the Speaker of the US House of Representatives and she's second in the constitutional line of succession after the Vice President, so she's a pretty big deal. Uh, Reports say that the man who's been arrested, his name is David DePape, he entered the home looking for Nancy, who was away campaigning for next week's midterm elections. Uh, Police praised Paul Pelosi, who's 82 years old. Uh, He was able 
able to dial 911 and while he couldn't talk to the responder, uh, he kept the line open so that they could hear him talk to DePape. Uh, and as police arrived, there was a struggle over a hammer and Pelosi was struck several times. As you say, the US midterm elections are just eight days away and this attack has seen several politicians raise concerns about their personal safety. And it even prompted former US President Barack Obama to call for calm ahead of the poll. Claire, after six weeks of protests in Iran over the alleged beating death of Masa Amini, Revolutionary Guards Commander Hossein Salami has issued the toughest threat since the unrest began, saying that Saturday was, quote, the last day of the riots. And that's led experts to say that there could be a big crackdown by the regime that's coming. Uh, It's not like authorities have been going soft on demonstrators in the weeks uh, that they've been going so far. There's been 272 protesters who have been killed and nearly 14,000 arrested. But since Armini's death last month, these demonstrations have really built into a movement that those in the know say poses the biggest threat to Iran's leadership since the 1979 revolution. Officials are also cracking down on the journalists who broke the story of Armini's death. Nilufar Hamedi and Ilahe Mohammadi have been accused of being CIA spies, a charge that carries the death penalty in Iran. And if you need the backstory to what's been going on over there, we have an excellent Squiz Shortcut episode on this, so I'll pop a link to that in your episode notes. Back at home, Claire, and hundreds of people from Perth's Indigenous community gathered on Saturday to remember and voice their anger over the death of 15-year-old Cassius Turvey a week ago, 10 days after he was attacked while walking home from school with some mates in Perth's northeast. A 21-year-old man has been charged with murder uh, and the assault of another boy in the group that happened last week. Uh, Asked about it on Friday, Prime Minister Albanese said that the attack was clearly racially motivated and that led Cassius's mother, Michelle Turvey, to thank him for saying those words. That's been an issue because Western Australian Police Commissioner Cole Blanche wouldn't publicly say that it was racially motivated. Uh, He says that it's important important that he doesn't jeopardise any future court case. A public candlelit vigil will be held tonight to coincide with Halloween, which was Cassius's favourite day of the year. And no doubt we'll find out more about what exactly happened when the case goes to court. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. Sometimes it can feel like retirement is a long way off, but whether it's two years or 20 years away, it's important to make sure your super fund is working for you. Aware Super is one of Australia's largest super funds and offers heaps of free tools and tips on its website for Aussies looking to get their super sorted and put a plan in place for their retirement. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au. Claire, today is of course Halloween and according to a new survey by the Australian Retailers Association, 
5 million of us Aussies will celebrate and spend an average of 86 bucks each getting spooky tonight. Halloween wasn't really a big deal in Australia really until the last decade or so. Uh, It's now firmly on the calendar. Uh, I'm sure I don't have to tell parents uh, and those who went to Halloween parties on the weekend that. Um, Retailers will get a $430 million boost from Halloween uh, with people aged 35 to 49 years old the most likely to join in the festivities. And it's not just parents in that age group. Uh, 20 percent of those people will host or attend a party without kids. Uh, And it's not just people getting in on it, Siobhan. Pet costumes are a pretty big thing too. (laughs) Yes, I have cats though. And unless you want to lose an eyeball, there's no dressing (laughs) them up on any day of the year. But what we all want to know, Claire, is will you be dressing up Tucker and taking him out trick-or-treating tonight? Look, no, Tucker's a completely autonomous person. He (laughs) doesn't want to be denigrated like that, so I respect his dignity. Far too dignified, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Squeeze the day, Claire, and I think we're both looking forward to the same TV show tonight. Oh, I think we sure are. The White Lotus Season 2 drops. Uh, I only watched The White Lotus Season 1 just a few weeks ago and was completely enamoured. Uh, so, yeah, really looking forward to the second season. Yeah, it's so good. I re-watched it a second time recently just to sort of refresh myself before the new one. I doubt we're going to see Murray Bartlett again, but as the new series is set in Italy and has an extra seventh episode, I am super excited. So good. That's it from us today. We have a new voice for you tomorrow, though. Her name is Alice, and she is excellent, so something to look forward to. Until then, have a great start to your week, and we'll catch you again tomorrow. G'day, Kate Watson here. I'm the host of Weekly Wrap and News Club, a place for conversations about the news. It's budget week, so I'm here to tell you about our News Club episode from last week where Claire chatted with James Chessel. He's the former Managing Director of Publishing at Nine Entertainment. He was also a staffer earlier in his career, so they have a good chat about how the budget sausage is made. Here's a small snippet. The most important policy or set of policies the government will announce every year. So it's important that it's not um, announced willy-nilly, although Mm. they do leak (laughs) a a fair amount of it. And there is a famous time when when, um, Laurie Oakes, the nine journalist, got his hand on the budget papers the day before the budget and was able to print... such an incredible story. ...was able to print a lot of it, um, which was, you know, absolutely amazing. Um, (laughs) But the other thing is... A lot of what the Treasurer will announce has the ability to move markets, um, direct impact on on businesses and and other organisations. So, you know, there does need to be some rigour and uh, confidence that it will be handled in an appropriate appropriate way. For more on that chat, just search for News Club in your podcast app or follow the link in your episode notes.